0: Good morning! Welcome to a Nova Fitness two-parter. That's right. It's become a fitness podcast. Uh, No, not really. But uh, the first of the two-parter that you're about to hear, uh, that is coming out, obviously, right now, today, is my interview with a guy named Matt Vincent, uh, co-owner and one of the head coaches at Nova Fitness. And... um, This was actually an appearance on his podcast, a podcast called In the Nova, which I'm simply repurposing for this, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. In the podcast, you'll hear me reference somebody named Lauren Henry, who's a friend of mine, been friends with her for a couple of years. She will be part two, which will actually come out next Sunday, so you get a chance to hear that uh, as well. That one gets a little bit more in depth and about things like... um, uh, I don't know management style leadership. She's the type of girl who's she's managed teams of dozens of people in her life, um, worked a thousand different jobs, been in leadership roles. So that's going to be a little bit more about exercising personal demons, professional demons, going to therapy, leading people, stuff like that. Uh, this one with Matt gets gets real too, but it's a little different. Anyway, two parter Nova Fitness. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, I'll keep this intro short. But I uh, am about to admit something that might just expose me, and that is I love TikTok. I just think it's phenomenal. It's for my attention span. It's working for me. It's you know anywhere between 15-second to maybe at most three-minute-long videos, and I find it incredibly entertaining, and like I said, the shortness of the content really speaks to my, uh, basically, attention abilities. But something happened where I've gone down Bama Rush talk, and what it is is apparently this week is Rush at the University of Alabama, probably at many different universities. But um, and I am just getting tons of sorority videos. And why I say this is funny is because it's all algorithmic, so I'm probably getting those videos because I've watched one or two of them just a little longer than I should have. Uh, but anyway. I was wondering if it's happening to anybody else. Is anybody else just getting bombarded right now with Bama Rush content? Or did I just watch one or two videos a little too long, and now TikTok's just, like, shoving them down my throat? I don't know. Anyway, as I said, shorter intros on interviews, so let me shut up. We've done a bunch of mini episodes in a row. You've heard enough of my stuff. Let's get right to the interview. This is Matthew Vincent from Nova Fitness from a podcast he does called In the Nova. I hope you like it.
1: We are back in the nova um i'm your host coach matt once again sorry to disappoint <laughs> <laughs> but uh today uh you know typically guys we talk business fitness leadership um i've gotten more and more interested in talking to just interesting people you know and so our guest today we really don't know each other at all uh we do know some common people though because i've asked a few people hey do you know uh paulie Gugliamo, yeah. the sauce guy do you get the yeses? Yeah, so Ronnie McClive is a good client of mine, been a friend of mine for years and nice. a personal train, and so I asked her the other day, and uh, all the all the uh, feedback on you has been, yeah, he's a super nice guy, he's a great guy. <laughs> Ronnie was so, she was so praising, of like, he's a great guy, he's funny, he's nice, and I was like, you know, Ronnie, what do you say about me when I'm, like, when somebody asks you, do you know Vincent, Oh, she talks what's your response?
0: Shit. She talks mad shit.
1: Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, there's no way she says that about me. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so... Pauli yeah, Um
0: thanks now, for having me. It's an honor, bro. Yeah. This is this is really cool. Congratulations on your gym. Like this place is, uh, it's beautiful, and I know that I know some of your. I was gonna call them patients. I don't even know what you call them. <laughs> clients. Clients? Yeah, clients, members, clients. Okay, I don't know. I'm what is the Athletes. old the old joke? I'm so unfamiliar with the gym. I call it James. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, I know a few, and they say the same thing about you. They say very nice. Our girl Lauren Henry, who we have to give a shout out, don't right? Shout out! She's just out there, just saw her, and she's said the greatest things about you.
1: Well, well, yeah. that, that can waver from day to day. We've had a, a
0: <laughs> touching blue relationship. Pissed? Do people get like? Are you the, you're the coach, right? So like, when it's CrossFit time, you're the one telling them like, here's what we're gonna do, guys. Did, does anyone ever get pissed it, at you? Oh well,
1: yeah, I'm sure people do. You know, it's it's a people business, so it's a yeah. lot of emotion. And if you're having a bad day, it is it's a hard job to do when you're. You got to leave your emotions at the door. Yeah. I'm not good at that. I am an emotions on the sleeve kind of guy. So I have a question.
0: I have been dying to ask somebody who would know this for so long <laughs> when I'm on like TikTok or, or Instagram or something, I'm watching workout videos and it's some person, man, woman, whoever, and they're ah, ah, and then they get down to like their last rep. Right. And they can't. How do you know whether or not they have one more? rep in them? <laughs> because sometimes to me, I'm like, I think you got to help that person.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to help them. Uh, <laughs> if I was in that situation where somebody's just grinding it out for those final couple reps, a I don't ever let the bar stop moving. If they get to a point where they're just stuck and like shaking, yeah, and you got to get in there. You got to get in there. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. But that's just the responsible cool. coach of me. Also. I, as a coach, and nor any of my friends that I work out with, I do not fucking want you yelling in my face for any reason. Oh, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> if, you know, if I'm on the football field and a coach is yelling at me, that's oh. one thing. But if I'm like back squatting and trying to focus, do not fucking scream at me. <laughs> like,
0: I'm with you, by the way. I'm with, I'm completely with you. Some, some like childhood. De- bad memories that I have are like Coach Houston screaming at me, gogly, I'm going to get your shit and get out of here because yeah. I missed a free throw or something.
1: Oh, like, you know. like in sports, there's <laughs> always those guys on teams that want to yell and rah, the rah-rah guys. Yes. I was never like that. I was always a quiet, like do my fucking job. And yes.
0: What about play. Jim grunting, though? Yeah, Jim grunt. What's the difference between somebody who, ah, I versus mean, just. I
1: mean, there's phew. times where like you just got to let a little mm, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, dude, if you're just straight up screaming. You're a weirdo.
0: Is there, is there, <laughs> there is some exaggerated. I mean, there'll be some times
1: th- where I'm like, Gah! at the end of a set, like, you know, it kind of pops out because I'm yeah. straight, you know, but like typically no. I mean, if somebody's just like, ah!
0: hey, hold on, have you, like, have you ever had to walk over to somebody who was just a little over exaggerated? Just every rep was Rah! No. Rah! like, have you ever had to be like, excuse me? <laughs>
1: no, well, I won't say anything. I'll just look for other people in the room to acknowledge that this is weird. <laughs> and we'll just silently let that person be them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are times, right? Yeah. People yell. I, yes. so, and sometimes when people are working hard enough, shit, I don't blame them. But then, you know.
0: Yeah. But what is the origin story of CrossFit? Like, who's the person who was going to the gym and thinking, like, this is, you know what? This is This is too easy. I want it to be harder. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the origin story is this guy, Greg Glassman. He had a gym in, I think it was Santa Clara, uh, California. Could be wrong in the city there. Yeah. But he was in California, and he, he uh, was a personal trainer who was at a commercial gym. And he had his own way of training people, his own methodology, which inevitably becomes CrossFit. Um, and he was in a gym one morning on, like, a Sunday, and, like, looked around the gym. He's like, holy crap. Like, out of, like, all 10 or 12 people that are in this mostly empty gym, they're all my personal training clients. And the owner came up to him and was like, hey, oh, my gosh. You got all your members here. All these people here are your clients. And Greg's like, I know. Isn't it great? And the owner's like, no, I make money off people signing up and not coming. Your members are the ones who cost me money. They cost me toilet paper. They cost me water. They cost me electricity. And Greg Glassman was like, I'm fucking done. Like, I'm not working like this anymore. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. we have a different model in CrossFit where instead of $9.99 a month, you know, memberships are considerably more, like $150 a month. But we don't want you to show up, winging it on your own, and then get no results, just keep paying. We, want, we pride our business on, we'll, we'll charge you more, but you're going to get coached daily. Everything from your mobility, you know, warm-ups um, to the actual workout itself. Essentially, we're in pursuit of the 10 components of fitness. You know, balance, stability, um, accuracy, strength, power, endurance, stamina. I'm sure, I'm forgetting called coordination. So we're trying to develop those things. But going I back, think,
0: I think that's a great business model, though, Matt. Yes, yeah, so, so you're like premium. You're, you know, it's not Planet Fitness. It's not ten bucks and then we hope you don't show up. Which, by the way, is that literally? That is actually there.
1: Probably less. And oh yes, I guarantee you that. That's, that's actually. The, I know gyms here in Rochester that are not. They're they're ten ninety nine. I my friend Zach owned one for a long time, and he told me he had two thousand members. I saw this. I worked there for years. Two thousand to three thousand members. Yeah. I sort of got. I saw sixty people. In right. a given week, Man. but ten bucks a month, you barely notice it come out of your account. Some right. people will let that thing go for years. There's an annual, and so yeah, but that's the model, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's a race to the bottom.
0: But yours is premium. Yours is sort of like, look, we're not nickel and diming you. Yep. You're gonna pay a lot. However, it's full service when you get here.
1: Yeah, and and our we do you know different CrossFit gyms do things differently. It's the least franchise franchise you'll ever find. Yeah. So here to CrossFit Park Ave down the street very different i mean similar but different environment based on who owns it and who runs it but um we try to really pride ourselves on uh kind of like the under promise over deliver so you know there's a lot of different amenities different things i can go and do that are benefits of that not just oh we have showers and you Mm -hmm. know a snack bar or something like that but but obviously the one-on-one coaching so in crossfit it's meant to be a group exercise class that has a very personal training feel to it so that every athlete is getting coached, and we generally refer to members as athletes. Um, you know, Athletes vary by mm-hmm. age and range. And you've never had me as a do. member, by the way. What's that?
0: Yes, you've never had me as a member. You want to see <laughs> unathletic. Yeah. I trust,
1: there's no possible way you could do anything or be any more out of shape than the people that have come through here in the years. I,
0: do you love that? That's got to be so nice.
1: It, it's amazing when somebody... Puts in the accountability and has yes. some life changing results. It's it's beautiful. We had a girl here the other day hit some marks and she was so happy. I was so happy for her. I yeah. swear to God, I, I didn't want to lose. I feel, you know, I'm a man's man. I don't want to cry in front of anyone. Yeah. But I swear to God, it made me a little teary eyed to really? see how happy she was. And Cause, I was like,
0: because when you first saw her, it wasn't, it w-
1: well, you know, I didn't really know. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much about right, any of one course. person, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah she, she had some improvement to do, we'll say. Yeah. And, but to see her get the results because she's plugged into the program and following what we're teaching her—nothing yeah. more, nothing less. More, you know. And then, because we, we, you know, there are times where you wonder, like, are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, Is yeah. that the reason you're, or, or the reason you're not getting kind of the results you're hoping for? Are you really hearing me? Yeah. <laughs> or you see some people who struggle because they try to—I don't know—reinvent the wheel or something like that. Or you give them this great advice and they just go, "Yeah, but I don't." That's kind of inconvenient. And yeah. then it's like, well. <sighs> I can't help you. Or people who come a couple times once in a while, and once in a while doesn't really work.
0: No, that's yeah. true yeah. probably with anything. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so let me t- give you the, the from a, a person who's out of shape, the th- the barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily financial, and I guess that's, that comes down to the individual. It's not yeah. necessarily a financial barrier to entry. I sometimes worry about, am I going to be embarrassed? You yeah. know, because I'm walking in very out of shape, and I'm going to be next to people that look like you, you know. And, and, you know, a couple things. Number one, I, I do trust you. I've just met you. But I trust you that if everyone's thing today is they're going to run five miles, <laughs> that you're probably going to look at me and go, You do a quarter mile, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, right. Like, you're going to do a quarter mile today. Like, I get that that's probably going to happen.
1: But also, like, if if you came in today and a class was everyone run five miles, the fucking mutiny that would go on, it would be unreal. (laughs) Okay, (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: I would no longer be captain of this (laughs) ship. Let's just say that.
0: (laughs) But I assume you see someone like me and you're like, I know how I can do this. Right. And it's got to start slow. Obviously, day one can't be you know, the, the, the freaking balls to the wall, right? Right. Yeah, and, and is that, that's just in your head. That's just years of experience.
1: Yeah, mostly. That's You um, awesome. know, there, there's a sliding scale. It, it is really um, your ability to be vulnerable to a degree. Yeah. If you're willing to trust me I'll, you know, I, I like to think, yeah, I have enough experience doing this. that There's no way I'm going to let put you in a position that's going to compromise your safety or your health or yeah. or really your embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even in the warm-up. So when we start class, we give a wad brief, you know, explanation of the workout of the day, um, what we're going to do, what we're shooting for, what you should shoot for, blah, blah. And then in the warm-up, I'm assessing you like – all right guys we're starting off with some of these basic stretches maybe a two minute row get the body warmed up or do some basic stretches you brand new to the class i'm going to be looking at like can this guy stretch into this position if he just did two minutes on the row is he super tired or is he completely fine yeah because yeah. there'll be people that come in and say oh yeah i work out all the time <laughs> probably fucking not after 10 minutes into crossfit class and then you're like huffing and puffing and that's okay but i as a coach need to kind of know yeah and then so it's an assessment process right from the beginning not in a judgmental way just to figure out where you're at yeah because I mean, we've seen middle-aged women who don't even speak the language properly that are quite overweight come in and have success in our program, because they're just willing to do whatever we say. And then I've had guys that are good athletes, very strong. It, it, the humbling nature of like, I'm not good at this thing, and these girls are faster than me or whatever. Like, it gets to their ego so much uh-huh. that I can't help you help yourself if you're not willing to, you know, to try yes. these things. You know, to. Um,
0: what is more fun for you as a coach? Would you rather see someone that looks like me walk in where you're like, ooh, it's this ball of clay that I can mold? That's like, Or are you looking for someone that looks like you who you're like, well, this person gets it.
1: Um, it? It doesn't necessarily matter because it, I like to see the progress. I have girls in particular that I individual program for that are, they do the CrossFit class already, very fit. Like if you saw this chick on a beach, you'd be like, wow. Yeah. But she's it's not about impressive numbers. She just wants to keep getting better at specific things. That, and that's for her. She has no, you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with her goals, right? Mm-hmm. And so she just does what, you know, I program for her and teach her to do and, you know, improves on it. And then I have people think, kind of like you're referencing that are come to me and they're maybe for personal training or they want to learn CrossFit, class, you know, the, the classes. And it's their willingness to progress. If, if you can only run a, a quarter mile today without stopping, that's where we'll start. But in like three to five weeks, I'd like to see a half mile, a mile, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. Like, it's like, you know, and we, redu- we call it scaling a lot of times. It's like, here's the prescribed workout of the day for a healthy, fit person. You're not that ideal, healthy, fit person yet. So we're going to modify the workout so that you can start at a place that will help you progress to that goal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So if the mm-hmm. workout is pull-ups and squats, you know, and we're going to do this many reps in this amount of time, or you might not be where the prescription for the day is. Um, Because we kind of do it based on a bell curve of the average of what the gym is capable of. So Mm -hmm. there are some stats that go into the whole program thing, but that's a detailed topic we don't need to go into. Um, But I would be kind of programming – or I'm sorry, I'd be coaching you to your appropriate level. So you would be doing the same workout as me, but maybe not the same weight or for the same amount of time necessarily. Uh, We have a thing that we like to teach – where the things we need vary by degree but not by function so you need to be able to squat down to the ground maybe to play with your son or to fucking do some gardening whatever you're into yeah i might need or not me particularly but another athlete might need to be able to squat 500 pounds because they're playing college football grandma needs to squat to the toilet we all need the same function but to a different degree and so that's kind of like how we try to adapt it now it's up to you if you want to be Mr. Chiseled Beach Guy, yeah, or you just want to, or you just want to be alive <laughs> thirty-five years from now to watch your kids grow up. That that your goals are your goals. The workout prescription will will apply to a degree to everyone, um, you know, and that's kind of how CrossFit is supposed to be applied. Um, there's a lot of Sometimes variations of it in the world these days. Can I ask you business
0: questions? Sure. sure. Can we talk? Because because we're I mean I could talk to you about working out for literally hours because that is fascinating stuff to <laughs> okay. me. But also it, the thing about it not only you're a coach but you're also a business owner. Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing, yeah. right? So what did you do before all this?
1: Uh, well. When I graduated college, my, under, my undergrad was in health science, but a concentration in alcohol and substance abuse treatment. So I worked as a oh. uh, chemical dependency counselor. Um, oh, for I love Teenage that. boys. Actually, I worked for about two years at the Villa of, uh, this, well, it's Villa Hope now, St. Joseph Villa uh-huh, when I was there. Uh-huh. So uh, teenage boys. Uh, I started personal tr- training on the side. Um,
0: oh, you makes, are. Make some money
1: because, you know, you can work in chemical dependency or you can do anything
0: you so know, you can, not you, for profit. You but, treat addiction, but, you, you know how to treat addiction. In theory, You're trained. well, it's. T- I was I mean, trained on how to treat addiction. Yeah. It's very. I mean, it, it seems <laughs> like addiction one of the most... is one of
1: those complicated things. Yeah, know? absolutely. It's very difficult, but I mean, the reasons people come in the gym or stay in the gym or pursue fitness, it's not unlike you know. A, at times, it can be. I think a person can feel sick. It's like a sickness, like a massive obesity or. Or neglect of your own health, I think, is sometimes
0: Absolutely a it is. But, type of... but let me ask you something, though. <laughs> have you ever had the opposite happen? Have you ever had somebody who's addicted to working out? Oh, yeah. And oh, you yeah. look and, and do you ever feel an obligation to tell this person, like, hey, it might actually be time to go home. Maybe take tomorrow off. Oh,
1: yeah. We've seen that probably as often as you've seen someone completely out of shape. I, yeah. I mean, not as often. I have good friends that are actually good coaches and stuff that have gone through phases. I've gone through phases of that where... What does that look like? In the height
0: of addiction to working out? How many hours a day? were active... Wait, wait, what is it? look like like what does it look like like how many hours a day when you're in the height of addiction when it comes to the gym
1: i mean it could be like a couple you you might be working out twice a day or something an hour two hours three hours i I don't know that could vary but when you you could do a lot of things i mean professional athletes work out three or four hours a day you call it their career you wouldn't call it workout addiction yeah but i think when somebody is clearly getting hurt injured they're not enjoying the process Mm -hmm. but instead of taking a step back they're double downing on, well, if I do more of this, it'll make up for less of that. And that's fucking crazy, in yeah. my opinion. Like you, And like I tell people, like one of the coaching philosophy pieces I had to publish one time was, um, you know, working out should be fun. Like it should add value to your life. It should not become another stress or anxiety that you have to fight through every day. You know, coming and hopefully we provide that environment. But no one should be anxious and scared coming into the gym. I get it. When you first start CrossFit, it's kind of all these new people. You're learning these new activities. That can be naturally stressful but once you kind of have the ropes and you understand you know the people you understand the routines the classes i would hope that's not anxiety you know and actually learning once you learn some of the habits and patterns that we do it would be like almost stress relieving like you know Mm -hmm. hey i'm gonna come in and get a workout i'm gonna sweat and go home smiling i think a lot of people sometimes stay with us just because they enjoy the social aspects of it i don't think i don't think they they get to a certain level of healthy and fit but I don't think they're in like hot pursuit of the best beach bod in town. They're just like, I'm healthy and fit and I keep going because it keeps me accountable and I like the people. It's
0: like a club, right? Yeah, I it mean, is. there's there's some people out there golfing right now. Yeah, there's some it, people at the gym it right exactly
1: now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a healthy version of the, you know, meet you at the bar at five, you know, mm-hmm. club, you know, the people that are drinks after work every day club. Yeah. Um, just different, obviously, goal, but yeah. uh, maybe not a different goal, you know, if anxiety relief or just stress relief or shoot the shit with the buddies is the goal then you can do that here yeah um and you know you meet a diverse group of people in a crossfit gym you'll see blue collar worker and dentist next to retired guy and sure. college girl sure. uh, it's it's all
0: sorts well, so you're so you're you're treating addiction and you're working with young people and you said on the side you started first. Oh, yeah. Training. Um, How did you run it like a business or was it kind of under the table at the time? Um,
1: well, it? initially it was under the table because yeah. uh, my friend Jeremy owned a gym in Greece uh, that's gone, shut down. He moved away. Um, but uh, he had a flood in his gym. And then uh, <laughs> I was going there and I was bringing the kids from the uh addiction center or whatever you want to call it the home mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. to work out like every other day or every day. I can't remember. And then uh he knew that I played football in college and like I knew weightlifting and knew I was working out there too because I got a free membership for all that. And uh he's like, Hey, you ever uh think about doing some personal training? Uh basically all my trainers quit <laughs> and I need to give some clients to some people and I'm just like sure. not because I, I was like I could use some yeah. extra money, you know, like things like that long behold i mean if you've never worked in addiction treatment it is a very difficult field i believe it uh, and, absolutely uh, they use here and work with some you the stories you hear will kind of haunted me it was it's hard it, there's families social workers everything and you hear a lot of very things you wish you could unhear yeah um so after a long long story short i was kind of like i just can't do it anymore i got i was getting talked to by my supervisor and he I had this look on my face like you know not a good look yeah and my supervisor was like hey uh Matt, are you you okay <laughs> and i was just like nah jonah i'm done <laughs> uh was it i'll give you a two we just, weeks notice or a four weeks notice or whatever you need me to do but i'm just not a long term i just burn out I, yeah it, it got to be like it's too much red tape in that field yeah. for me to like you know the right thing wasn't always the right thing it was hard to, sucks. stomach it sucks, you know yeah. and uh, i man the people that work that career long term i mean they got a, a generosity or something if they don't become completely complacent, yeah. I wasn't in that particular time willing to become complacent and just turn a blind eye to things I didn't think were morally right or logical, logical at least. You
0: know, good so. for you. That's um, great,
1: but not to say people do. But you know, in every field, I think people get complacent if they it burn happens. out. Yeah, there's I good just, and bad in every. Field. I just think in a field like that, though, you can't afford to be complacent. You have other people's lives at stake. Yeah, you know, and I try to adapt that, the way we run our gym, the way we coach our clients, the way we train our trainers to train people. Um, you know, it's, you can't, this is someone else's life. This is not just their money, you know, so yeah. complacency is not an okay no. <laughs> in my book. But,
0: um, so you start working at the gym yeah, full time. And so I, I, d- I just go, yeah, yeah I just, yeah. and
1: John's like, well, I'm sure you're going to be good at whatever you do, whatever, I wish you luck. And I go, I'm going to go be a personal trainer. <laughs> and for about two years, three years, maybe, no, had to be longer than that. Like two and a half years. I just worked on my own full time. Just personal trained people, um, all sorts, all kinds. Uh, I used to advertise myself as a weight loss specialist. I wasn't. I just was a regular trainer. <laughs> but, but it was like a way of designating, you know, like this is. And I worked. My first client that I ever had yeah. over like two and a half years to diet and exercise, she lost 117 pounds. Oh my god, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and like I had another guy. Uh, i mean i had some very very overweight people they lost a lot of weight so it became great marketing great you know i people allowed me to share their stories you know, post pictures things like that and uh eventually met kevin sawyer who's one of the owners here um he asked if i would like want to train or help run some classes because i had to like dabble with some crossfit and stuff and he'd need a trainer so it's like yeah sure and snowballed you know i was like oh i'm gonna go join you know i'm a coach at nova fitness i'll probably learn a lot from them because they're they have a lot of good coaches and stuff. I've taken their classes. Lo and behold, like, one trainer moves to Boston for, to, you know, after she graduates. And that guy moves to Ohio to start a different business. Another trainer and his wife move away or whatever. And I end up being, like, the most experienced senior trainer on the staff. And uh, I was like, oh, shit. This can't be good for business because yeah. yeah, I got to learn how to do this right now. Yeah, but they don't know that, though. No, yeah. but, um, yeah. you know, like. In a you know you compare yourself to other businesses you yeah. know and you, I I kind of have this type anus about me like where I just want to be as good as freaking possible and I look back five years ago two years ago I'm like wow I didn't know anything compared to now and that's I always just think good. to myself do you think that's good then? Yeah, I think it's good um, yeah, but same, I always I have the same thing yeah it can sometimes lead you with this dissatisfied like you're constantly looking down the road but. Yeah. Yeah, gets you places.
0: It, I think it. I think what you just hit on is so true. I actually I talk about this in therapy. So a couple things you need to know in case you're wondering about my line of questioning. I'm, for one, no problem. I am in therapy for addiction. Okay, okay. food addiction. Okay. okay. For two, uh, what you just said is such a thing that I talk about in in therapy. Is why can't I just be happy? Now on the now the problem with it is because some of the I'm not happy is what's driving your success because you're thinking about what is Nova Fitness going to be like two years from today. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's driving your – you should think that way. Yep. But also, well, fuck, it makes it really hard to enjoy what you've accomplished today. Why can't we just stop and look around and go, this is cool. Yep. I'm going to just enjoy this today because this is cool. Yeah. You know, Why can't we do that?
1: If I I think I understand. So I've been in some therapy. I go on and off when I feel like uh, I get to my – I need some help. You know. Yeah. I mean? So I don't go regularly. Uh though the closest thing I've ever had to an answer for why I feel like that, why am I just never satisfied? No matter how much money I make, no matter how many people I think I help, no matter whatever, it's never enough. If it goes back to the I don't know about you, but um my days, uh somewhere along the way, I started kind of grow up a little bit too fast. I did just take on responsibilities for things or family and stuff when I was really young. Yeah. You know, uh and so I just assumed that that's the way it is. You know, like, oh well, 14 year old has to help work and make money for the family so what like that's better than being a slave that that you know is trauma I mean? though you did experience yeah, trauma yep. through that but it through like it was dismissal it was just like move on keep going um mm-hmm. i along the way have had a good amount of success in most things i've ever applied myself to sports um college uh but i never have taken time to celebrate anything i think somewhere along the way uh there's one time when i was a kid won a wrestling tournament my brother and i were in got first place. My dad put it in my head. You know, I'm like, yeah, I got first place. And my brother's like, I got fourth place, you know. And my dad goes, hey, no matter uh, how good you are, there's somebody out there better than you. So you better keep working. And I don't think he meant that to, like, traumatize me. But that shit stuck in my head. And he wasn't <laughs> around much longer after that. Mm-hmm. And so You that killed him. I'm just kidding. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, so I night, murdered him. Somebody allegedly put a pillow over face. <laughs> it was his real. No. Um, but, uh that shit just played in my head, and yeah. so
0: is that still in I, there a little bit? Yeah, it has yeah. been, and so do you get pissed off when you? I see hadn't only realized somebody. some of this stuff uh-huh.
1: recently, like I mean, a couple months ago, because yep. I had reached a breaking point probably back in like December, January, where I was like, I can't live like this life anymore. I have everything I've ever wanted: wife, house, body, blah, de, blah, de, blah. How am I know? How I can't just live on the end of never satisfied forever? And so that's when I reached out, started finding some help to talk. And that's the closest thing I found to... Figuring that answer out of why is enough? Like why is there never enough?
0: I'm so I you know what I'm I'm with you on that. I have a very similar thing, although it's in a different world, right? You're in fitness and I'm in business. Um, well, it's the same thing, but you know what I mean. It's the, not the exact same paths, but uh, but um, I I it's just it's the core for so much, and it's so hard because of two things that I I just. Told you about food addiction and about uh, and about the dry the never being happy because I'm driving and worried about what's coming next. The problem with both of those things are, it, the food addiction is a shitty, shitty thing to be addicted to because you have to eat food. You can't go through life without eating food. It's not it's not heroin, which is also a terrible thing to be addicted to, uh, but uh, you can survive without it. It you have to dabble in food. You can't yeah, not yeah, eat of food. Course, right. The other thing too, the business thing we just talked about. It's what's it's what's driving us. We have to have drive.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a couple questions. Uh, I'd ask you a little bit about, like, um, but um, when it comes to the business side, it's like you were saying the same things that make. And I've said this before many times, said to my wife, the same things that make me good at stuff mm-hmm. are also the same things that kind of become problematic at times. Like there are time and place to be relentlessly ambitious, and there's times where to like calm the fuck down and spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. And I've had, you know. I've, <laughs> Wavered back and forth between what the "quote unquote" right or wrong way to do those things are, um, but I was curious. Uh, to, the other question I was thinking, so like, are, do you find yourself falling into the trap of like, if you eat something, you call it good or bad? Yeah, absolutely. You say, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that like there's good and bad foods?
0: Uh yeah yeah for sure. I mean I have to believe that a salad is a good food and a donut is a bad. Food. I believe
1: there is better or worse foods, but I mean. I have a Thursday, I eat pizza every single Thursday because that's my day. Yeah. Um and I, I'll have drinks and stuff when times are right. But I understand there's like it's more like on a spectrum. And I think a lot of people when they understand sure. this, sure. You could you can look at it like a spectrum of like we call it the health, wellness or sickness continuum. So if you're like sick, you're all the way on the left. Like you're you have cancer and you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. You're like on the left. If you're right in the middle where you're like, I don't have any problems no blood pressure problems no i'm not quite overweight i'm not exceptionally fit but i'm just well i have have a level of wellness i sleep okay i have healthy enough social relationships my stress is under control i don't exercise like a gym rat but i'm mobile i get activity and then there's like lebron james all the way to the right like elite level fit athlete and like his job is his body his body is his job well, the rest of us all fall on that spectrum, and so what we shoot to do at the minimum at the gym is get people from a place of sickness over into the wellness side of this continuum, and that's the same. You can look at your diet kind of the same way. Like, you don't need a perfect diet. You need a diet that allows you to be healthy. You you can have your you know. Let's see what we got. Our uh,
0: <laughs> barbecue sauce. Yeah, truck
1: stop barbecue sauce. Truck stop barbecue sauce. I brought some jars. <laughs> yeah, we got some jars over. here. But um, you can have these things. Just didn't like. Got to learn that moderation. Piece. The moderation is. And yeah. like, if you constantly tell yourself, I, at least I've seen it with clients, and I've seen it even myself. That oh, well, let's say my pizza example. I have pizza. Oh, I'm eating bad food today. Like that's like putting yourself down.
0: Yeah. Like I get, if I, I if that. I do a
1: five k and I don't win, which of course I'm never gonna win because I'm yeah. not a fast runner. It's like telling myself I'm a bad runner. I suck at running. Why do I do these five k's? I'm not gonna do them anymore. Well, the goal wasn't to win the five k to begin with. It was to, you know. It was to just exercise or have fun or, you know, breathe heavily and do something good that I for my body, right? Yeah. But if we, we get these like dead end good bad scenarios.
0: No, you you make a good point. I mean, the the thing with food addiction. I don't know is, if you've gone through that conversation. Oh, absolutely, energy. I have. It it always ends in a binge. It always ends in a binge, and the harder you abstain, the more severe your binge is going to be. For me, for people who have whatever the hell I have. So in other words, I probably can eat a very healthy Mm -hmm. meal for dinner. Maybe for breakfast tomorrow. Lunch, dinner the next day. I might be able to go two, three days. I might go two, three weeks. I might even go two, three months. Cool. It's going to probably end in a binge. So
1: so when it ends though, what does ends mean? Like Ends is... You binge, you have a huge binge. I eat an entire pizza. Good. The whole pizza. So what?
0: Okay, so I don't think it's great probably to eat a whole pizza. I don't think my doctor would say good idea, eat the whole pizza. It's
1: definitely not a good idea to eat it every day.
0: (laughs) However, however, I will say that abstaining from the pizza completely for those days, weeks, or months or whatever is what leads to eating the whole pizza. Okay.
1: So this reminds me of a story I had with a personal training client a long time ago. Um, yeah. She had a lot of eating addiction issues. She was well into the 400s when we met. Yeah. Um, so we had, over time, lost a lot of weight. She was over 100 pounds lost. Ultimately, in the end, this girl's lost 155 pounds. And to, to this day, I think she's kept it up. I haven't seen her in a few years. but.
0: Mm-hmm. One
1: day, you know, she had a boyfriend or something. They broke up. And she'd been doing her diet, doing her thing, doing her thing. She comes into the gym. I can tell she's upset. And uh, I go, what's up? And she goes, I oh, broke up, this, that. And I go, okay, I'm sorry. And, you know, didn't know really what to say. And she goes, well, there's something else. And I go, okay. She's like, well, I, you know, use food for to cope. And I go, yeah. And she goes, well, I spent like a 100, long story short, she spent like a 100 and something dollars on Easter candy and just ate a 100 and something dollars with candy in a binge sitting. Yeah. And she started to cry. And I just mm-hmm. took a deep breath. I go, All right, well, you gotta do leg press now. And it's on to the next thing. And like for whatever reason, she was able to let it go. I thought that you know, it's because it's like, okay, you did a thing. What are you gonna do? Like you ever get drunk? What are you gonna do? Keep drinking? Yeah. You right. know, like you sober <laughs> up and get back to work. Yeah, um, you're right, you're right. That's what I would like to see for you or anyone who feels like they get into that it's it's kinda of like the concept of um if I drop my phone and then the next thing I do is just smash it into the ground. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is the point? Like, you drop your phone, you pick it up, you dust it off, and
0: go back to living. Okay, but so what's better? What's better? Is it better for me to abstain from anything unhealthy for as long as I can and then just live with the binge and move on, or sprinkle little things in so I never experience the binge?
1: I think sprinkle it in. Um, To a degree, all food is a source of carbs, fats, or proteins. You need a certain amount of each to, A, survive, and then, B, like, you know, ideally keep your body composition in a healthy place. It's very easy and this modern world to get an enormous amount of sugar, carbs, carbs mm-hmm. is a classification for sugar or sugars, classification for carbs, one or the other, um, fat easy. Cause it's easy in food. It tastes great. Our body is you, you, programmed to seek it out in nature. Protein in both nature and actually in the market is rather expensive. in like, you know, beef, chicken, fish, even in sources of vegetables, things like that. The amount of protein per vegetable, it's very small, it's scarce. So, um ironically though, it's what our bodies are mostly made of, that and water. Um so you can have it doesn't matter necessarily. Your body doesn't know the difference. If your carbs and fat come from cheese and pizza, or if it comes from banana I mean, there's a difference, micronutrients, yeah, you, you get in the weeds about this stuff. But or if it's banana and slice of bread. Whatever. It's it it's carbs. Yeah. So a lot of times you have to train and it's, it's like learning to play an instrument. You know, you gotta practice, gonna not gonna be good at first. But it's learning to pick the foods that you both like and serve your nutritional needs. Um, I have a
0: handful of those. You, yeah, there's some foods that fall in. Yeah, that
1: so so sure. and like I mean, yeah, and there's some gray areas where like, hey, I had half a pizza last night with the boys. <laughs> yeah, well, your body's also programmed to like handle moments of. Starvation and handle moments of surplus without completely combusting into pieces. Yeah. So it's like if you if you can avoid these traps of thinking it's all or nothing, and I think that is the worst. I think of any type of addiction, it's the all or nothing mentality. That's that's the problem. That's it that's is. what gets. It doesn't matter if you're cocaine or if you're food. It's yeah. It's yeah. That'll get you. Well, it's
0: what it's what happens with diets, right? A lot of diets, I think.
1: Although you probably should completely abstain from cocaine, just for the record. Uh, <laughs> that's. I don't know if that's a moderation type of
0: thing. <laughs> Food. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. i you caught well, that. Well, I caught it. Said it on That's going to get like, you canceled on this one. Yeah. That's your, there you go.
1: Yeah. Well, that trainer wants us to do cocaine. <laughs> You'll like me until you wake up the next day.
0: Well, okay. So let's go back to business. Yeah, yeah, I want to keep sure. talking about business sure. because I do find it very fascinating. You run a gym and you've got to sell memberships, mm-hmm. right? This is how we're going to make our money. You said you have a business partner? Yeah. Well, How much of the business side do you do? do you guys, how, how do you manage your yeah, relationship? We
1: generally do have completely different roles. Okay. So... Uh, Kevin does handle the majority of the books, the finances, the what we can buy, what we can invest, um, deals with the landlords. He does train, and he's a good trainer. Yeah. Um, people, runs classes, but he does a lot less of that now because he's constant. I mean, marketing and meeting with businesses. We opened up another location in Victor, nice. um, which is, you know, quite the investment of time and, and, you know, stuff like that. What I tend to do is handle the majority of training our trainers. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of this facilities like maintenance and moving stuff around and Uh, it's like like i showed you it's a never-ending construction project yeah um but certain things like within our program um you know just making sure the back-end computer work is done so when members log into our app and they see like oh the workout for tomorrow you know we have a trainer who specializes in just programming the workouts like his job here is to program workouts for the gym in a progressive manner that helps people get fitter and fitter at certain activities movements whatever um and then a lot of my job is just (laughs) organizing the other trainers scheduling um, developing them so that the consistency of our product from trainer to trainer, whoever's running class or coaching a member um, is consistent and continuously better. So, and cause both of those things, whether you're running the back end of the books or you're training is time consuming, you know, it's not easy to do any, if you're, I, if you could tell me if I'm wrong, but in any business, if you're doing everything, if you're wearing every hat, you, you're like reducing the quality of each thing.
0: Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Not just for business owners, employees too. Some, I think corporations are guilty of taking in their employees and giving them seven jobs, right? And then going, why aren't these seven jobs being done great? Well, it's because it's probably seven people should be doing these seven <laughs> jobs.
1: Yes. Yeah. And actually, we found, you know, like a lot of times when you just unload little things. Like, let's say your a trainer who runs, in our case, runs classes, if you just give her this little activity, will you just make sure the member of the month uh, thing gets done every month? they will do it really well because yeah. it's only one little task. Yeah. Let's say we have a team of seven or eight trainers, which we do. You know, you pass one or two things off to each person. Each person does that one thing really well because, you know, we hire people that want to do the, you know, to do the business, and they want the business to do well. They want, You know, our success is their success and vice versa. So <laughs> versus trying to wear every single hat there is, delegate appropriately. You know, some things you got to, you know, do as the yeah. owner and leader of the team, so to speak. Um, but you know, if you try to over manage, or you know, you're too afraid to let go of the little things, you'll just burn yourself out. What's
0: the hardest part about running a business?
1: Um. Well, at times, I think the hardest part uh, is learning from the patience uh, and just the tender care. You know, when you have employees and stuff, you can't be a fucking dick to them. <laughs> I've been a dick to employees before. Yeah. Um. I've just been impatient. You know, and like. You think people are psychic and they're going to – you tell them to do one thing and you think they're hearing you the way you're saying it or you think, you know, and then they don't do it exactly how you had in your mind. If you're going to get upset about that, maybe working with people isn't going to be your
0: thing. Well, you know what's hard is say you've got 10 employees. You probably have 10 different ways of learning. Yeah. Uh, the 10 of them have – one One might actually respond to you being a dick. One might actually like that. They want to be kicked in the and the other one's going to completely shut down and quit yeah. on you immediately if you're dead. It's
1: gone It's gone both ways. Uh-huh. Yeah. If not, I'll tell you, so it's been about uh, going on close to 11 years. I've been like either full-time on my own or working <clears throat> here in this business. And uh, I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, me too. It uh, happens. Uh, I've lost, had good trainers leave um, for one reason or the other. Maybe it's just, and I learned after the fact from those things. So I'm, thankfully I guess they had to happen, but yeah. There's a couple of things I would have done over. And a lot of it is just my, it's like me being aware of how I'm acting. And that takes a lot of internal work. Like your person's got to, if you're going to be a business owner, be successful at it, you've got to be able to work on yourself, not just your business. If you're not working on yourself, your business is capped at a ceiling already. Because as more as you grow as a person, I think the more you can develop everything underneath you and then you kind of expand the ceiling of what's possible for your business as well
0: it's crazy you're hitting on it exactly it's two things you hit on one yes your business is only going to be as strong as you can be and two the hardest part of running a business is without a doubt people Yeah, it's without a doubt people yeah.
1: I, i've never had a problem i've had some i've had some personal training clients i'm sorry to say these people there's some people that need, had issues beyond their health and fitness you know the stuff that I'm, I'm yeah i was a counselor at one point not their counselor, okay? So, like, <laughs> people that have had men- maybe mental health issues come in, they, they think it's, oh, I want to lose weight, but really there's some underneath stuff that they've got to work through before I can help them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to tell them that directly in such a way unless it's blatantly obvious. But there are people that we call problem childs or things that are hard to work with. I've never been bothered by those type of people. I've been bothered only by people who, um, what I would call sometimes assholes, where they ask for help, you, like, consistently and you generally give them honest answers or or you try to help them to the best of your ability go above and beyond and then they don't listen so they're an (laughs) asshole they're asking for help and then not following any of the advice i've had good (laughs) friends that are like this family members that are like this um i'm like i can't help i can't do it for you and so if you're gonna be mad at me because you didn't listen to you didn't like the advice i gave you i'm like there are other trainers and there are other gyms out there people that do things differently than me i we not only the team here, but myself, we've had a track record of success with a lot of people. So unless you're completely outside the diverse range of people we've already helped, I think you should try what I'm what i suggesting, <laughs> you know, that's kind of the thing. So I've never had a problem with, you know, with the just, I've never had a problem with problem people, unless they become the people that are like, they just do not listen to what you're saying or at all. I guess there are times where I could do a better job of explaining, you know, I like to think I try
0: all avenues before I, yeah. Um, oh, I've been there. I can relate to what you're saying. Right but, now. like, you
1: know, they don't do what you're saying, and then they blame you for it.
0: <laughs> or, you <know. laughs> That's so funny. I've been there, too. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Uh, let me read you this thing. Okay. That uh, Let me see here. I want to read you this thing about business. Oh, where did I put it? Okay, here we go. So the, the questions we should ask ourselves as business owners. What is it that we are the best in the world at? How do you answer that? What are What is Nova Fitness the best in the world at? Well, I like
1: to think we're up there. At getting better. So for however good we are right now, like at any given task, it is truly at the heart of our ambition to be better at it. Um, I don't think there's any one thing we do exceptionally well that no one else could duplicate. Um, but I do know everything from this podcast to the quality of the equipment we own to the language our trainers use when explaining workouts will be better six months, three months, two years, a year, yeah. whatever, from now. And so it's, I think a relentless ambition for better would be rare in the field yeah Yeah. Um, i think there's a certain level of success that a lot of gyms i think we're probably at that now where we don't have to try to do oh so much better and everyone make a paycheck but that's not the goal the goal isn't to collect a good paycheck the goal is to like change what is possible of you know in the fitness world in like western new york or beyond if possible you know who knows where that will be time frame wise but that'd be the ideal
0: goal all right, next up, what did we invent, or is there anything we do that is patentable or a unique user experience? You got a great answer for that one. You definitely have a unique user experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, we have a guided, uh, that's interesting, a unique, yeah, I mean, I guess if we had a unique user experience, it would well, be you're like writing you, your workouts. you right? are allowed to come in and make whatever you want, like, we'll make you better, but you get to decide what better is, do you know what I mean, like... Well, Maybe it's be stronger, faster, jump higher. Maybe it's play a lot better with your kids. Maybe it's be a better athlete in a sport. Your version of better. Maybe it's be a more disciplined person. We will help give you tools to make you a better person. But you get to decide what better means to you. Well, I, 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 I mean,
0: I think, it. I, th- you know, you explained it at the very beginning of this episode better than I'd ever heard it before. Because I had known you can go to <clears throat> Planet Fitness for 10 bucks, right? Or you go to you know, one of those CrossFit gyms where it's 150 bucks a month. Yeah. But the thing that you explained to me that I had never thought of it before, but you did a great job of explaining was we're full service. Yeah. yeah you, you might pay 150 bucks a month, but you're to come in and, and, and everything here is available to you because on those, those other joints, it is Nick. As soon as you go in, it's, well, you can sign up for personal training, three sessions, just XXX, mm-hmm. right for you. It's like, did I say XXX. I X, X, I don't think that applies here. You know, <laughs>
1: that kind of training is out there though. You know, um, uh, if I'm ever not married again, I will open up that branch of training.
0: <laughs> the other question there, have we identified an isolated market segment?
1: Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, if you walk into a CrossFit class, the diversity that is across crossed the board is unreal. I mean, there are people that will impress you. They are physically fit human beings. And there are people that are just trying to get their feet under them and everything in between. There are people that are not healthy, but they are trying to be healthier. Um, so it's hard to navigate a niche. I'm talking, you know. 20s, 30s, 40s, young, fit, healthy, old, falling apart, and everything in between retired to, to teenagers. So when you're talking demographic, I don't know what it looks like. I know what type of person we want. We want people that are accountable to themselves and are willing to be vulnerable enough to learn something new. Like I can teach you anything about exercise you want to learn. But I can't convince you that learning this, learning to exercise or learning to be healthy is
0: worth it. Yeah, like
1: you have to know what's worth it, and then be willing to learn how. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it's like that's yeah. a situation I find myself. In. Yeah. In more often than not, it's if you have that right attitude. The
0: sorry. last question on here is: yep. Have you truly branded your concept? Which, if anybody has branded their concept correctly, it's CrossFit.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> there that up and down. The CrossFit brand itself has been in an up and down. It's been in flux for a while.
0: Do you have to pay to use the word CrossFit? Well, yeah, yep. you do. So
1: that's called being an affiliate. So okay this is a topic, if you get into the CrossFit world enough, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's debated. But, um, yeah, using the word. Uh, so that guy has a, a yep. trademark on it, yep. I guess? So or? there's, like, an annual feed. It never yeah. goes out of But initially, when he started spreading it, it was, like, literally a buddy was like, hey, can, I want to do the thing you're doing over there. Can I uh, – can I use it? He's like, Yeah, it'll be 500 bucks a year. And uh, he's like, Really? That's it? And he's like, Yeah, do whatever you want. And it was, especially when it really got to be big in like 2010, 11, 12, 13, oh, fucking free for all. And like, it had been going on for years. It went on, I think it's been going on since like 1995, you know, CrossFit. But it really became on the mainstream really became popular as, you know, social media and everything grew and blew up. But uh, <laughs> the, the growth of the sport and the growth of the, the training methodology did not. Uh, it, or excelled way further than the trainers running it could keep up for a while. And you've seen a lot of gyms come and go, a lot of bad experiences, unfortunately. The CrossFit at different points has a bad reputation. I think most of the gyms that are doing well now that have been around for a decade have figured it out and are really actually doing a really good job teaching and training and educating. Because just the way the economy works and stuff, You know, if you're not providing a consistently good product product, people aren't going to stay for it right. and for the gyms to grow and grow for years and years and you know they have to consistently put out a quality product to be safe if nothing else and we've seen a, in Rochester five years ago there was probably maybe five six years ago there was 10 12 gyms well, one around every corner you know University park have us over on uh Atlantica at, you know uh, all over and then what, every suburb a lot lot less of them there's you know what happened well I think a combination of you know like any business, you know, poor leadership, um, disorganized stuff, um, people in pursuit of, I want to be a gym owner versus I want to improve the lives of clients, you know, cause <laughs> you can't have one without the other, not long-term anyway. So some places made a couple years, number of years, some people just get tired too. It is an exhausting business. Some people go, I've ran this business for years and years. I've sold to someone else, or they just go, you know, we're going to change our methodology or philosophy to simplify our lives. And then they realize ah, you know, what I think I'm going to do a different career. I've seen that, you know, but
0: running a business is exhausting. It's 24 seven and people don't understand. I don't think people understand quite how difficult it is to be successful and how many failures you have to endure to get success. Because I don't know about you, if you feel like it from a business standpoint, but and maybe even from a fitness standpoint, but really from a business standpoint, it feels like every single day Mm -hmm. I might suffer like nine failures, but. Uh, most days I'm getting like 10 success stories too and so it's like okay slowly we're making progress yeah. slowly just tiny little failures and tiny little and, success.
1: and especially if you've worked in any type of sales like you know <laughs> you cannot look at the time you fail or you will hate it burn out oh, yeah. and exhaust yourself yeah. you know um, you've gotta you've got somehow figure out how to only look and that's that's an art that's a trained thing you know you gotta yeah. look at what went well now yeah. if you look at what went wrong so paul I, I don't want to get uh too far away from you was, Tell, tell us what you do we got talking about cross i know we're almost, almost out, out of, of time. time but uh you know i think this will go more sorry. on the polyglugliamo podcast than it will <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> everyone uh, who's listening to this from our gym is gonna be like we already know all this shit matt why are we talking i'm to- sorry i'm <laughs> no, sorry no. but you know, i appreciate your questions i Damn really man. don't go i don't get interviewed very often i usually do the interviewing of other yeah. people in their businesses and stuff because i'm curious to know yeah so i know from listening to your podcast right, though, let's log. down i'll tell you what
0: business. it's 355 I'm going to pick my kid up by 4.30. I live 10 minutes from here. Let's fucking rock. I'm going <laughs> to shut up. All right. All I'm right. going to shut up and you go for it.
1: All right. So the reason – so the other – when I was asking uh, people, I was like, man, you know, uh, we do typically do fitness, health, leadership, whatever stuff on here. And uh, so many people keep asking me, who's your next guest? Or when's the next podcast episode coming out? I'm like, I don't know. When I find somebody interesting to talk to. So that's kind of my goal more than anything now. And so I think I remember saying to Lauren, "I uh, like, You know any interesting people? I need to have somebody cool on the podcast. Oh my god. And she goes, You should talk to Pauly Gugliamo. Oh my god. Like, who the fuck you. is that? Lauren I love you. That's and so then nice. she's like, he, he owns this, he's a sauce guy. He owns sauce. And I'm like, He owns sauce? What does that mean? You know? <laughs> and then so I she explains who you are. I go home that night, I open up a cupboard, and lo and behold, that's the sauce we drink you eat all the time. <laughs> that's what <laughs> awesome. we get it at Wagman's. And so um, then I, it all starts to come around. And I start to ask people. I started asking some of my other clients, people like, hey, you're no Google. I'm like, yeah. Hey, yeah, he goes to all the the festivals and stuff, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So apparently people know you. Yeah. Um, so how did you get started in the business? Or how did you get into this?
0: Well, first of all, I did this for years. I was in media for 15 years. Sort of towards the end, got disenchanted with the radio business. Um, but in 2014, my grandfather was still around. I'm not from here, I'm from Ohio. Okay. When I moved here, I really missed family it was the only thing I missed loved Rochester but missed my family and going into my grandpa's every Sunday for sauce I loved that and I missed it a lot so I started making sauce myself in a little studio apartment on East Avenue I lived in those 1600 East Ave apartments and I would walk down to East Ave Wegmans and I would walk home and I would make sauce on Sundays and that was all I did and I I'm telling you man I had nothing going on are you Italian uh, I'm a, si, sono uh, italiano. I io just, so parlare italiano.
1: Italian sounding shit right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If there was ever a stereotype. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I would go and I would come home and I would make sauce and I would just eat by myself. It would just be me and it would just be this big sauce dinner I made. And, I, and then every other weekend I would like go back home to Ohio. That was my first year here. I was very focused on work. And it was before I was entrepreneurial. Well, I was actually entrepreneurial at the time. That's another story. But I would go to work, come home from work, and basically sit and wait. For, for bedtime and then wake up from, and go to work. And I would work 12, 14 hour days just because I had nothing else to do. I didn't know a soul in Rochester, not a single person.
1: You ever hear the expression, uh oh, you know, I wanted to work, work for myself, so, or like something like that. I didn't want to work for someone else all day, so or I didn't want to work for someone else 40 hours a week. So now I work for myself. About 24 oh, yeah. hours a day. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That expression, sorry. Well, so I just started Googling. How do you, I wanted to do it for my grandpa. I thought it would be a cool Christmas present. I would make a jar of sauce, and I would put his face on the jar of sauce, and we would sell it at Golden Dawn in Conneaut, Ohio. That was the whole plan, and it would be his Christmas present. So I Googled it, and it turns out we have this great resource in our area, Cornell University. The They have a, a food venture center in Geneva, and, uh, and they can basically – teach you and help you go from home recipe to commercial. So I just followed the steps until I had like 15 cases of sauce. And then I brought it to Cannondaguan, did the Riesling Arts Festival on August 9th, 2014, thinking I'd sell a a case of sauce maybe at most. And I sold out. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should do more of this.
1: Did you do tastings or you just kind of? The trust the jar thing. no i
0: did i did a lot of taste i still do tastings to this day i'm doing a tasting i'm doing two tastings this weekend in webster and in spencerport because that's that is the hardest thing is familiarity is so important and a lot of people have a hard time buying something especially at this price point because this is like it's like yeah. the crossfit of pasta sauce right it's you can buy two dollar pasta yeah. sauce this is six dollar <laughs> flavor exactly this is a six dollar pasta sauce so a lot of times People need a chance to try it first. And so my thought was there's a, a million people in the Rochester metro, and if I just start doing tastings every weekend, give me give me a decade, and maybe I can actually hand every single person in Rochester a sample at some point or hmm. another. And slowly but surely we snowballed, and it kind of started to happen. Yeah.
1: Well, so now, <laughs> to me, it's like, yes, you can make great sauce, but how do you – ever? I mean, is it going – Event to event? Is that the easiest way or best way to, you found to market and advertise? Because yeah, I think you talked about this in your podcast one yeah. time where, like, hiring a marketing firm or things like that, maybe it wasn't yours, is like an incredibly expensive thing and that may not expensive. lead anywhere as far as business production.
0: Absolutely. Very expensive to hire marketing. If it's in your budget, great, but it's not in a lot of budgets. So if I'm,
1: if I'm trying to market and I'm a small business or a pr- prospective entrepreneur with a product of any kind, like what, do you have any guidelines to how you would market if you had to restart knowing everything you know
0: now? Gorilla person by person. Word of mouth is the best. I mean, they, that's an old saying, right? Word of mouth is the best advertising, but basically it was just, okay. So first of all, there are people listening to this right now who are going, who are going to try and call my bullshit and they're going to go, dude, you were on the radio. You had free advertising. That is true. And I do have to always be like, yes, I was on the radio every day for years. And that certainly did help. That did not hurt. But there was still every weekend going to a store somewhere and just meeting one person at a time and getting people to try it. And then, honestly, eventually, at some point in your life, it might come up. It's probably going to come up. But, yeah, well, do you ever try that one sauce? And then somebody, and then you'll go, oh, you want to do that googly, yep. googly-ago guy or yep, whatever. Yep. That's the sauce we use, you know. I
1: yeah. would imagine, and this is just from my own experience, And I, <laughs> some people always think about it, despite whatever you're doing to advertise or get product in other people's hands, you have to consistently be trying to improve or make the best possible quality product. Yeah. You can't get too busy marketing and then lose the quality of your product, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I think that across any field – it's got to be true, no matter yeah. what your product is, yeah. fitness, gym, training, or sauce.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it gets harder as you scale up, too. That's the other thing. It gets a lot <laughs> to harder. To keep the quality. Yeah, because you just, right. I mean, that's, look, that's back, a good point. Back to something you just said. There's now two Nova Fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the best trainer you guys got? You. How many of you are there? One. Two Nova Fitness, one you. <laughs>
1: I'm fortunate that my trainers are so good here, they might debate that. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> I hear I hear
0: it. I hear it. <laughs> but maybe you get what I'm getting at, though. As you grow, if there were Nova Fitness across the entire yes, country. Yes, yes, of course. You know, it's it's harder. I,
1: I think Wegmans has always been fascinating at how they've been able to produce a pretty consistent product. If you go to Wegmans in another state or all around the yeah wherever, it, they're pretty much the same amount of service, same amount of. To a degree, you know, and I think that's you're been right. impressive.
0: You're right. I mean, for for that model, I mean, they're all corporately owned, yep. and so that is a difference. Corporate owned I guess versus that's true. That's true. Yep. Y- yeah, versus franchise method. Because when you franchise it, you're basically just selling the name, and then they kind of get to run it however they want. But if it's corporately owned, you get to come in and say, "Here's exactly how you yeah. need to run this place." Yeah.
1: yeah, and and that's what uh, going back to CrossFit, what yeah. they did not do. We're the least franchise franchise model yeah, that's ever existed, which has created problems and yeah. it allowed people of excellent character to succeed in great ways across you know different places in the country. But yeah,
0: yeah. So, so i actually. I don't know. I'm not allowed to ask any more questions. I oh, said sorry, sorry, out. sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. To to what? Okay, I'm gonna oh, sneak one just sneaking answer the question. I'm sneaking <laughs> it in. Uh, so you guys, so you have to you have to pay this royalty to use the name CrossFit, yeah. and then to what extent do they have oversight? Zero? <laughs> well, Zero.
1: I guess if they wanted to um i don't know exactly the details the, the fine print of when we do that contract because um, if we misrepresent crossfit obviously we could be in trouble yeah but the model has been at least when the previous ceo greg glassman um was in charge you know he wanted the hands-off method um in the same way that i say you can come in the gym and you know decide what better means to you um you're allowed to run your facility in a way you think is meaningful. They don't,
0: like, send an auditor once a year or something like um, that?
1: Or... I'm a what they call, like, so in CrossFit, there's, like, different levels to your coaching certification or classification. I'm technically a level three CrossFit coach, and there is a third party that is allowed to make sure I'm upholding the standard. Yeah. Who knows how they, you know, really.
0: Do they show up once in a while? No, I don't think no, so. All right, all right. Um, but
1: I'd like to think I'm not leaving a, a door open for there to be a problem anyway. Yeah. But as far as I know, I mean, unless you're clearly doing something that misrepresents the brand, you're trying to associate a certain thing with CrossFit that CrossFit does not want to associate with. Yes. I guess that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, okay. they generally do not do shit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they allow you to use what they create. Yes. And I get associate it. yourself with whatever they do. Yeah. But they don't tie themselves to you independently and there have been people you know pandemic stuff and you know social stuff where people have acted a fool in my opinion and they have been like you are no longer allowed to use crossfit (laughs) affiliate we will refund your money thank you for the time you were because of you know they don't want you whatever you're doing
0: of course you know hurting their brand but well listen i mean the answer is it's it gets harder as you scale up and you start making hundreds and hundreds of gallons of sauce um but There are some things we do still that we don't compromise on. One thing is we kettle cook. Now, in co-packing, in manufacturing, that's like a big no-no, kettle cooking. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's exactly what it sounds like. It means we cook the sauce in a kettle. And to you, you're probably going, okay, how else would you cook it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean. So a lot of tube and tube is what a lot of major factories do. They basically pump all the ingredients in, combine them, and then on their tube on the way to the bottle is where they're being brought to temperature then eventually bottled. That's not how you cook at home. That's not how grandpa made sauce. You know what we do at our place? We have a kettle. We turn the kettle on. We get it hot. We put oil in it. Onion. Fresh onion. Fresh garlic. Fresh peppers. We saute them in that oil. Then we add our tomatoes. Then we add our spices. And then we bottle it. That's kettle cooking. And you are going to go, well, that's why it tastes better than most of the sauces I would buy. But a factory owner, a big time factory owner would hear me say that and they would go, oh, how inefficient is that? Yes. That's awful. You're only going to be able to bottle so many bottles doing it at that speed. Okay, but they're higher quality. I'll take my quality. Yes. That's that's a compromise we have to make. We can't bottle at the speed a bigger factory does because we're taking the time to saute.
1: You know, this is a topic that we could go down uh, yeah. in detail. But I do think culturally there has been a shift in maybe the last ten years where people, at some level, at least if you get to a certain level of, even probably among the younger generation too, people would rather maybe this is how spoiled we are as Americans would rather pay for a higher quality of all sorts of products. Like, you know, uh, no offense to Walmart, they probably revolutionized, you know, that kind of industry for a long time. They made things affordable for people who may need more affordable products, but still there's a certain level of people out there that want Lululemon, even if it's not better. They, or maybe, no, that's not a good example. They want like a Lululemon because it's just a better quality or a better brand or whatever. And it, and across like the same thing when it comes to the working out they could go for the 9.99 membership but they want a higher level service they could go for dollar sauce but they want the higher thing and i think that's like a cultural thing where people are more and more willing to pay for a higher quality product with less you know say like less quantity but better quality
0: generational too you know yeah. i mean I'm, I'm 39 years old millennials gen z i mean there's plenty of we, we've had plenty of shit talked on both of our generations however honestly one thing we're, we're pretty good at is that we're not afraid to spend money on quality right. whereas generations above me couple generations above me six dollar jar of sauce you are fucking kidding me? And,
1: and so those, yeah, exactly.
0: They would never spend of, of course, $6 on a jersey.
1: Or just like a, the coffee, yeah. Like, yeah,
0: oh my God. They think they think we're blowing our life savings on coffee yeah. because we'll spend money on but, it.
1: And then you see this in other ways in culture where like young people yeah. don't want to work certain type of jobs that don't emotionally reward them. Like the financial side isn't as important to them as like the fulfillment side. Absolutely. And I think that's, a. and I only think in America where we have it, despite its shortcomings, quite well, you know, um... That we have the ability to have that be our way of life. I route quality over quantity rather than just I want to stay alive or you know I'm glad to have any product, any clothes rather than pick the brand. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, that's more of like a it's a clash of mentality, sociological kind of like
0: the other thing the old 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 generation thinks is that we respond well to. to uh, t- job titles like that, we want to be called executive yeah. of this and executive of that. And to be honest with you, I never gave a shit. Like my old my old job in radio, they'd be like, "Oh, we've got such good news for you. <laughs> you are the executive producer of blah blah blah." And and they'd be like, "See?" And I go, "Am I getting a raise or not? Like, i <laughs> yeah, not yeah. here to be. I don't give a fuck. You could call me fucking button pusher Polly, as long as I'm getting to do what I want, I'm happy." <laughs> You know,
1: in in my uh, I have a contract here obviously with the gym. You know, my job (laughs) title, it sounds so official, but I'm like, we're not going to tell people that's what my job title is. But on paper, just for legal reasons, you know, what is it? I got to hear it. Oh, I think I'm the uh, director of CrossFit and Trainer Development.
0: Oh my god, that's just the fucking
1: guy that's been around here the longest. I didn't didn't know
0: I was in the room with Royalty.
1: Sounds royal, doesn't it? (laughs) And I'm like, I would never tell people. Oh, what, what, what do you do here? Oh, I'm a trainer here. That's all I would say. Well, who does this? I'm like, well, I do. But you know, yeah. who does that? You know, I got
0: but- an old radio story for you. When Ryan Seacrest went national and they started putting him on every station, my one of my jobs was to take the sound clips that they would send us from LA and drag them into the kiss one Oh six seven playlist. And our regional manager came one time, like the regional boss of, you know, it's one of those titles, the executive director of all programming. You know. Yeah. And the guy was like, what do you do? And I go, I, I, uh, I line up the Seacrest stuff. And then afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> afterwards my boss was like, Hey, listen to me, listen to me. You are the local affiliate producer for on air with Ryan Seacrest. And I was like, no, I'm no, I'm not. I'm clicking on it and then dragging it from one screen to the other. I'm not a producing yeah. shit.
1: You know, I, I used to sometimes uh, be self-conscious about, like, when people would ask me what my job was, like, or oh, what do you do for a living, Matt? I'm like, I didn't want to say I'm a personal trainer because I felt like there was such a cliche. I'm like, I, work at a I do I do a little bit more. I, didn't say that I used to tell people, I think I got to a point where I'd be like, I'm a health coach. yeah. Oh, yeah because it just sounded like, yeah. not. because, I mean, there's a lot of quote-unquote bros out there yeah, yeah. teaching and preaching some bro science that I'm like, I don't want you to think that we are doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so yeah. when I say personal trainer,
0: yeah. Uh, are the so. bad ones out there? Have you seen someone you go, oh, shit. I, yeah, oh, boy, I mean, he's going to hurt Along the way, yeah. yeah
1: Along the way, actually, I don't see a lot of times people that I think are going to just recklessly hurt somebody. I think they waste people's time. Mm. Like, I think you're just giving them filler. Yeah, and like it annoys me to see you waste that person's time.
0: Late, like lazy planning.
1: Well, yeah, that or like, you know, they're charging X amount, however much they're charging, it doesn't necessarily matter. But sometimes it's a lot, and I feel like you're just giving them just a thing. Anyone can do anything to make someone sweaty. Doesn't mean it's a good workout. Doesn't yeah. mean it's a progr- productive and progressive. Yeah. Like progressive, you know, means that what you're bad at today, you will eventually, you know, at a certain time, ideally a predictable timeline, you will be better at. Like we used the running example earlier, I can give you a certain series of workouts, a certain ways to break it down that you can go from I can't run at all to I can run a mile slowly in a certain amount of time, in theory, right? But I see trainers who just get their clients to do hard shit and sweat a lot, but they're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: That's beautiful. That's a good, art. that means that's what you're doing is an art too. <laughs> yeah. Art and me yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's an art to it. Like the. <laughs> and again this could go down rabbit hole of stuff but like when you get into the program design like how you take a person through those steps of i want i can't run do i want to run a mile without stopping even if it's slow there's a program to it you know an art to it and how depending you got case by case like fitness levels and ages and you know pre-existing conditions vary so you you have to adjust your program based around this person Concepts are generally the same. Certain principles you can
0: fall back on, but. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a whole thing. Well, all right. So, I, I, so yeah, I'm I, sorry. I really assume, but I gotta, I'm going to leave you with one story. Okay. Okay. So, you see this sauce right here? I'm holding up a sauce to you. Can't say the name brand. Oh, yeah. But the cool thing about this, this is. This
1: well known brand that you <laughs> cannot not know if you've been in Rochester.
0: Yes. Ever. It's a very, very well known <laughs> brand. We can't talk about But so the funny thing about this is, I actually created this recipe. And I told you I had a funny story for you. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly. So I actually created this recipe in my home kitchen in Brighton. The night that I created it, which I can tell you because look at this. I keep forever in my notes where I keep my list of shit to do today. Right. There you are right there. Podcast at 3 p.m. Right. Uh, I still keep from the day I made that February 8th, 2021. I keep the original recipe I used. In the, my notes, as I wrote it down that day, my photogenic uh, memory. I'm <laughs> it at home. No, I don't have photogenic memory. On how to make that. That night, my wife gave me so much shit for screwing up the kitchen because I was late in the kitchen, like like you know, like a mad scientist putting together this sauce. <laughs> and today, it pays our mortgage, so I win every single argument going forward. How, right? how many products
1: oh. do you have right now? <laughs>
0: Um, So actually, the plant that I own, we make... Probably well over a 100 products.
1: And you make other people's products too. Yes, so obviously, like this brand, we yes. make a product for them. Yeah. And
0: plenty I can talk about. Like we make sticky lips. We do agatinas, rubinos. Like we do work for all of them. Um, and that's not to say we make their sauce. It's their sauce. We're contracted yeah, yeah. to make their sauce. They got their recipes. Their, it's their, their, recipe, their way of yeah. cooking it and that's a, put it together. To tell you the truth, that's the sticky thing about it is that it is a, um, there's a lot of confidentiality in our business. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is fair because the truth is, like I had a guy had a, a not very well-known barbecue sauce brand, has it, and it's it's actually, I'll give it a shout out. It's very, very good. Uh, he calls himself Crooked Creek Barbecue. He's a guy from Spencerport, makes a great barbecue sauce, but he's got a real job. His wife has a real job. This is just a side kind of passion project for them. And he asked me one time, he says, do you, do you think you would ever post this on your Facebook, on your social media, you know, that you make this sauce? And I told him, I go, I, I will do anything you want. I don't want to say no but I just can't take credit for this because if I write on my Facebook, look what we made, people are going to come up to you forever and they're going to say, oh, that's that barbecue sauce that Polly makes. Uh, and I don't. You make that sauce. Yeah. That's your recipe. That's your thing. You know what I'm saying? And and that's a, can be a little sticky about this. So that's why sometimes it is hard when I go, Oh, we make sticky lips, we make agatinas, we make rubinos. No, we don't. We are contracted to make their sauces for them.
1: Yeah, I would instinctively think that way. I would if you told me like if somebody a sticky lips like, Oh yeah, I'll- Pauly Guglielmo's company produces our sauce. You would know I would better. assume that somebody at Sticky Lips came up with the recipe. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's common sense. I mean, like, I do, yeah. Well, common yeah. sense is questionably common <laughs> yeah, sense. true. Um, I know you've got to rush out here because you care about your kids and shit. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming in. Dude, uh, It was kind of interesting. I don't get asked a lot of questions like you were asking me, so I hopefully didn't ramble on too long. I hopefully. loved it. Um, but, uh, dude, I feel like we should do this again sometime. Very interesting. Like I was saying, I just like talking to cool people, interesting
0: people. Um, if I didn't have to go pick up my child and be a dad or something, <sighs> uh, I swear to God we could go at like another hour. Yeah, sure. We could do part two if you want. Yeah, we could do part two. Yeah.
1: Get another guest on here or something. Somebody sure. Just, we could we could double like uh, interview them and just really sure. mold them down. We could do <laughs>
0: just an hour, hour and a half on freaking addiction. We could do hours oh, on yeah. addiction.
1: I mean, I'm I'm a person who – I've got some opinions and some thoughts on stuff, but I'm not married. Like I'm not dogmatic about anything, I think. I like talking, and God forbid I fucking get on a rabbit hole. I don't mind talking about even politics or sensitive social issues. Now, that have got to be careful. I don't you know, want to ruffle too much failures. But yeah. I like talking about all topics. We can talk sports. We can talk business more. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes the podcasts I listen to or like listening to are because people are on the podcast, and they have something to say about a topic. Yeah. Whether I agree with it or not, I can hear something and not – assume it's true i can hear someone's opinion go "Nah, let's not agree and so that's kind of like some of the conversations when i as i do this podcast more that i'm kind of more interested in getting into obviously someone like yourself coming from business in a certain niche it's fun to hear your perspective on this niche but a lot there's so much overlay um some some of the other business owners and stuff that come on the podcast to talk about this or that or even members have come in and talk about their experiences in the gym I mean, the um, the situations tend to be different, but the emotions are the same. You find that there's so much more to bring people together than there is to keep them apart if you listen to each other. But if you assume because a person is this thing or that, or they do this business, that they must be this type of person, you're you're tuning out before like you Mm -hmm. know. It's like it's crazy. So I don't know.
0: You're full of wisdom, Matthew. What's your last name, by the way? Oh,
1: v- Vincent. Matthew Vincent.
0: Oh, that's very simple. I like that. Yep. It sounds like a celebrity, Matthew Vincent. Do you know
1: how many times I've heard on the phone with like a Verizon, you know, what's your uh, last name, sir? Uh, Vincent. No, no, sir, your last name? Yes. <laughs> my last name is Vincent. Your last name is Vincent. Yes. My first name is Matthew. My last name is Vincent. Oh, <laughs> well, that's something. And I'm like, how? What?
0: Why is that why so is weird? That, what, what's your middle name?
1: J. J-Y. J-
0: J A Y. He got Matthew three first James. names. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's pretty good, buddy. But anyway,
1: <laughs> thank yeah. you. I'd uh, like to take credit for it, but I think my mom <laughs> picked uh, that one. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Enjoy uh, these sauces.
1: I will. Um. All right. Well, this has been in the Nova with Pauly Gugliamo.